0: Well, good morning, church. I hope you are awake and ready for God's word this morning. Um, How many of you are excited life groups are starting back? How many of you have missed joining in on a group? Oh, how many of you have missed joining in on a group? Yeah, I've missed seeing your faces in throughout the week. And so I'm excited. I want to encourage you, find a group. There's something happening all the time on every night. Um, I'm sure there's something that just kind of clicks with you. I encourage you just to find it and join it. And we're excited just to get some groups back together and to grow and to learn with one another, right? Amen. Well, if you do not know who I am, my name is Celeste. I'm one of the pastors here who loves to come up and teach for you on Sunday mornings. And so we are in a new series called Beatitudes. How many of you were just blessed last week, just getting to dive back into really understanding what the Beatitudes is all about? Well, blessing means happy. Who doesn't want to be happy, right? Who loves happy people? Who loves to be around happy people? They're contagious. Uh, Many of you know my little eight-year-old. She's a happy little girl. And everywhere we go, she's bouncing with life. I have to keep up with her. But I love being around happy, happy people. Blessed means a favor or a gift given by God bringing happiness. That's what I want in my life. I want the favor or the gift from God bringing happiness into my life. How many of you want that this morning? Pastor Jay last week preached on the first three, uh, actually the first four blessings in the Beatitudes. Number one, he talked about the poor in spirit. Did you know that all of us are spiritually bankrupt? We've all gotten to that point where we just realize that we are empty without him. And it says in the Bible that when you are blessed when you pour out your spirit, when you realize, Lord, I don't have anything. I have nothing to give you. It's when you realize this is where everything starts. Everything starts here. I love when you look at the Beatitudes, you're going to begin to realize as we dive in this week that it's like going up a ladder. We're going to start on the first step. Then we go to the second step then the third step, and on and on, because each of the Beatitudes builds on each other. So when we begin to look last week at what Pastor Jay spoke, he said, listen, number one, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who come and they realize, you know what, I'm nothing without him. I've reached a point in my life when I realize I can't go anymore. I'm miserable. I need something to fill my heart with joy and happiness. And then what does the Bible say? Blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden you realize, you know what? I was spiritually empty and now I have access to the kingdom of God. I asked Jesus into my heart. I get to that point where I say all of heaven is mine and how glorious and what a blessing that is. The second thing he talked about last week was blessed are those who mourn. We're not talking about people who can just cry on the spot, right? Everybody has one of those in their family. They can just cry like, oh, we're out of milk. Oh, we're out of milk. That's not what he's talking about. Not blessed are those who mourn, but those who mourn over sin and the effects of sin in life. Blessed are those who mourn. Why? Because they will inherit the earth. It's an amazing thing. So, you get to that point where you're empty, then you get to the next step where you begin to mourn over sin that is active in your life and those around you, and you begin to pray, God, just give me that joy and that happiness here on earth. And then you begin to share a little bit about blessed are the meek. You know, the humble people who never want to take any kind of glory for anything they've done, right? The meek, the humble. The Bible says, blessed are the meek, for they're lowly minded, they're humble. They're not the one raising their hand saying, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, I actually helped with that. I didn't see a thank you to me. No, but they're just humble. And the Bible says you get to the first point, you're pure in heart, you get to the second step, and now you're getting to being a humble follower of Christ, somebody who walks around humbly. And it says why? Because they shall inherit the earth. I'm so sorry. Mourn is comforted. She yelled at me. <laughs> those who mourn, they're comforted. Those who are humble, they inherit the earth. And the last thing he shared about is those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know who these people are? These people are the ones who walk around saying, I just need more and more and more and more of Jesus. I'm not going to stop where I'm at. I'm not going to stop at the peak of 25 when I was like at the highest point in my walk with Jesus, when I'm going to keep going and saying more and more and more and more of Jesus. And it says, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled. It's a promise. He said, you're blessed in that area. If you hunger for it, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And I want to encourage you, if you missed last week's message, go online, listen to it. I encourage you if you're driving, um, just listen to it on one of the apps, but you will be blessed just listening and beginning to hear what God is speaking to you through the Beatitudes. I want to encourage you, as we start right now, if you have your Bible or your phone app, just open it to Matthew chapter five. We're going to start. I'm going to read starting in verse one, and we're going to go through verse nine. And I want you to notice as we read these scriptures right now, that the first part of the scripture is talking about who's going to be blessed. And the second part of the scripture is going to talk about how you're going to be blessed. Okay. So we're going to read this together. Starting in verse one, it says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and topped them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed... Are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If you begin to look at the Beatitudes, you will find that this is a guide for us on how we are to live when Jesus is Lord of our heart. There's no other way that you should act but according to this. When you say, Jesus, you are the one who I follow you're the one I represent, then the Beatitudes is a list that you are gonna portray everywhere you go. We look at the Beatitudes and we can also reword it be space attitude. And I want you to think of it like this. It is the attitude you are to be in every day. The attitude you are to walk in every day. Now I know some of you, you're not morning people. You wake up, the alarm wakes you up, and you hit it, and you're already mad. You're already mad, right? Some of you, you're really mad. Some of you, are like, oh, whatever, and you just turn it off. And then, of course, there's the joyful ones who wake up before the alarm, singing. They don't even have to set the alarm because they're going to wake up anyway, right? But from the moment you wake up in the morning, you have already chosen your attitude for the day. Because if you're hitting that alarm three times, you're already mad. Then all of a sudden, most likely you're late. You're rushing to get somewhere. You're frustrated. You don't get somewhere on time, then you're even more mad. And then we look at this list and we're like, not today. I am not in that attitude today. None of them apply, right? And then you have the one next to you who's just dancing. They're at work and they're like, it's so beautiful today. Isn't it a great day? Oh, I just feel so good today, so positive. It's the attitude you are to be in every single day. And if you follow it, you're blessed. If you follow it, you're blessed. You see, the Beatitudes are not for passive followers. Do you hear this? It's not for passive followers. This list is not for people who say, oh, I go to church about two holidays a year. Not for them. This list is not for them. But this is for those that are passionate and they say, Jesus, I'm going to serve you every single day. So therefore, my attitude is going to represent this list every single day. Did you know that you can't major in just one on this list? You can't. You can't pick one and say, I'm going to be really good at that. And the rest of them, oh, I'll just throw them back here. It's not a spiritual gift. It's not a spiritual gift, but it's an attitude you have to, to walk in to represent the kingdom. So you have to be good at all of them. All of them. There's no exclusions. And just like that ladder, to get to the top, you have to start from number one to number two to number three and up. You see, these are kingdom. Citizen characteristics. Kingdom citizen characteristics. I want you to imagine what it was like when Jesus was about to give this sermon. There are large crowds gathering everywhere. His disciples are with him. I can imagine Jesus even walking on the earth, the thoughts he was going through when he's about to dress a crowd of that magnitude. And he goes out, and he begins to give them these kingdom character characteristics. And all of a sudden, this message that was given, it was meant for one thing. And I want you to hear this. It was meant to change the world. I want you to think of everything that had been taking place before this message was spoken. People thought, oh, the savior of the world's going to come and he's going to come with a strong hand he's going to come and he's going to take over all the evil that's been happening on the earth and he's going to come and he's going to defeat the romans and everything's going to be glorious and we're going to run behind him while he's riding on a horse going yeah we serve the king the savior and instead he did not come in any of that way but then he addresses a crowd a very big crowd and he begins to tell them these things Blessed are you if you do this. And they're probably sitting there saying, what? This is not what I thought he was going to tell us. To be pure, to be merciful, to be meek. Why would we want to be those things? Why? I want to tell you this, that the Beatitudes... Are directions where people will come to find him when they see it in you. How many of you remember what directions used to be like? (laughs) I love my children. I told one of them the other day in the car. I said, you have no idea. No idea. We have to go to a gas station or a bookstore to get an atlas or a road map. We would hope it was laminated, but most likely it wasn't, so we'd have to buy another one eventually, because it would rip and tear and get holes in it. It didn't tell you if there was road construction happening. It didn't tell you if the road uh, wasn't existing anymore because of whatever. You just followed the map, happy as can be. And if you had a horrible co-pilot, you were in trouble, right? All of a sudden you're like, "This, this says we're going to Arkansas. Oh, you know what? Uh, Yeah, we were supposed to go about 200 miles back the other direction. Everything mattered when you read those maps, right? Then we got a little more progressive, and we had Google Maps on our desktop, and we could print them and bring them with us. But they were no real time. They were just still whatever happened the day you printed them. And you also had to have a co-pilot. I did see people holding the paper, trying to find directions while they were driving. But everything relied on the co-pilot. And now you can just pop it in your phone, set it on your, your car dash there, and be on your way. And then it'll say, you may want to turn left to save five minutes. Oh, thank you. It's amazing. Thank you. But I want you to think about back then. There was no maps on where to get anywhere. The only thing people knew was that followers of Jesus were different. And they would just be drawn in that direction to people who stood out because they were different. And they were here to change the world. My prayer for you today is may that be said of us. That our heart change and the way that we walk as followers of Jesus leads other people to him. That they come to us and say, wow, there's something different about you. You don't get mad like everybody else does. You don't ask for credit like everybody else does. You're not mean and judgmental to everybody else. What is it that's different about you? Amen. I am blessed. I want you to say that with me. I am blessed. We're going to start in verse 7. It says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Mercy. Mercy means forgiveness, it means withholding punishment. How many of you have ever gotten out of a punishment that you deserved? And you are like, Thank you, Jesus. I was really good at that in Egypt. I was never speeding because there's no speed limit. But I would get pulled over randomly at checks, and I'd just smile and say, hello. I would never speak in Arabic because then they would just think I was Egyptian. And the officer would be like, oh, well, hello. And we'd talk, and then he'd say, just go. And Jay's like, he never checked anything. I was like, nothing. He didn't check my insurance, my ID card, nothing. He's like, you're so amazing how you got away with that. But punishment, many of us deserve things, and and many of us get let off of that punishment. I work at the court, and the other day, I I just loved it. I I saw this guy come out of the courtroom. I don't even know what he was in there for, but I'll tell you what. He got set free from whatever he was going to be charged with. And you know how I know? He came out of that courtroom just just doing this dance. Okay, most people don't come out of court like that. I'll tell you that right now. They come out crying or mad. He was just, he was, and the party did not stop. It went for about five minutes, just pacing back and forth. And he was just doing this dance. And I was like, wow, I really want to know what he got forgiven of. Amen. And then I actually got a little convicted because I thought I should be doing that dance every day. I should be walking around instead of woe is me. Instead of that, but doing Jesus. Thank you. But I have another day that I get to wake up and share you with somebody. Amen? (laughs) Says in verse seven merciful people, they forgive and they are forgiven. They are compassionate to others consistently. That means you can't be compassionate to one and then turn around and hate the next, but they are consistent in their compassion. They're consistent in the way they treat people with forgiveness. They truly care without passing judgment on those around them. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. There's a story in the Bible. It's found in Matthew 18. I encourage you to read it later today. It's a story about a servant who came before his master. He was, he was called to come before the master. And when he came, the master said, listen, you owe me a great debt. And you're going to have to pay it now. It says that in today's currency and U.S. dollars, it would be in the millions. He goes in before him and he says, I I don't have it. And he says, well, then you're going to have to go to jail until you can pay it. And all of a sudden, the, the man falls down and he begins to plead With the master, please, please forgive me. Please help me. I beg you that I don't have to go serve time in jail for this. And it says the master had mercy on him, forgave the debt, and let him go. And in return, instead of walking around doing that dance, he had something happen in his heart. And he turned and found somebody who owed him money. Bible said it was about a hundred denarii, which means it was about a hundred days of work. And he said, you owe me this small amount of money and I want you to pay me right now. And the guy said, I can't pay you, I don't have that money. And he said, you know what, then you're gonna go to jail. And he had him put in jail till he could pay that small amount of money. And all of a sudden word got back to the first master hey, didn't you forgive this guy a lot of money? Well, he in turn went and put somebody else in jail because they didn't pay a really small amount. In fact, they say it was one to 600,000th of a fraction. And all of a sudden, that first master got so angry. And he went and he found that servant and had him brought to him. And he told him this, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And that first master took him and put him in prison. And all of a sudden the debt was back in action. All because he walked away from a debt that he didn't have to pay. And he carried a grudge towards somebody else that owed him money. We are forgiven for a lot of things. And my prayer is that we, in return, forgive others for things that have happened. You want to be forgiven? You got to forgive first. As followers of Jesus, we must be people of mercy. I had a friend call me the other day, and we've been friends for a really long time. So she's know, she knows a lot of things that have happened in my life. And a long time before Jay and I were married, I was holding this, this anger towards someone. And she called me, and she said, Celeste, I have a question for you. I'm still dealing with a situation that has gone on for a long time. And you had a similar situation. How did you get over it? And I was on the phone, and I thought, hmm, I came to a point in my life when I realized that I got to grow up. I came to a point when I realized if I want God's blessing in my life, I got to let go. I have to let go. So it doesn't matter whether I feel justified for what happened. It doesn't matter. I just let go. I just let go and I forgive. Because it takes more for an angry person to stay angry than if you just release it and let it go and walk in freedom. I think about how hard is it to stay mad? It's really hard. (laughs) You have to learn to avoid places, right? You have to learn to find out, uh, is so-and-so going to be there? Because if they're there, I don't want to be there. You're laughing because you know But all of a sudden, if you just say, you know what? It's not worth it. I want to be blessed. And I want to grow in my walk with Jesus. So I'm just going to let it go. And I told her that. And all of a sudden, she's like, hmm. She's been walking with Jesus for a long time. She knows. But she just needed to hear it. Just let go. It's not worth it. Forgive so you can be forgiven. Be merciful so you can receive mercy. I am blessed. Amen? Say that. I am blessed. Verse 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It's one of my most favorite scriptures. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know who the pure in heart are? They're single. It's a single, undivided heart. It's those who are sincere and nothing divides them from their devotion and their commitment to God. That is what the pure in heart is. There's nothing vying for your time, there's nothing trying to, to sit there in your heart to sit on the throne. It's just Jesus. It Says in Proverbs 4:23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. It means be watchful, guard your heart. Guard your heart. If ever there was a time to guard your heart, it'd be now. In this season that we're in, in life, guard your heart. I want you to know that the Lord is not after perfection. He's only after purity. Somebody needs to hear that. The Lord is not after perfection in your walk. He's only after purity. He's only after purity. How many of you like gold? be honest, you like gold, you're like, I'll take gold, I want a gold chain, gold necklace, yeah. There's something about pure gold, and you're going to look at this and be like, well, she has gold? No, no. I mean, I'm, but Amelia asked for this afterwards, just so you know, but no, this is not pure gold. I mean, if it was, I'd be like, well, um, pure gold. There's something about the process to get gold, I don't know if you've ever studied it or you know much about it, but I want to tell you a couple of things about about gold, about purifying gold. There's two methods right now that are really popular on how to get gold to its purest form. One is called the Miller process, and the other is called the Wolcliffe process. These two processes will take whatever you have that's gold and they'll and they'll get it all the way down to the purest form and then they'll be able to manufacture it and make what you want and what you buy in the stores. The process is, is all of a sudden the gold that they get is washed in chemicals, okay? So they'll take it and they'll put it in a very, very hot substance. It's washed with chemicals at almost 1,400 degrees. You think it's hot here? You want to go... You want to go and refine gold? That's hot. So what they do is they wash it with chemicals. The lower the concentration, the more washes the metal needs. Think about that. The lower the concentration, the more washes the gold will need. To reach purity, the gold is refined further into what they call cornflakes. Everybody knows cornflake cereal. So they'll get the gold down to a cornflake, it just looks like little cornflakes in a bowl. From there they turn it into liquid and then they dry it into sand. How fun would that be just to go grab gold sand, right? Gold sand is the purest form of gold you can get, do you know that? So if you can't afford the necklace you're never going to be able to buy a bucket of gold sand. I'm just telling you right now. It's very, very, very expensive. And then from there. The sand is turned into a grain, very tiny, and that is the final product of the refinery process. From there, they will take the grains and they'll put them into different molds and they'll make something that people want to buy. Each stage of the purification process is long, drawn, and intense. But with each step, the purity of the metal keeps increasing. Think about that. With each step, the purity of the metal keeps increasing. And when it gets to its final stage, the Miller process only equals 99.95% purity and the other process only equals 99.99% purity. You never get 100% gold. Because God's not after perfection, He's after pure hearts. Pure hearts. We are a work in progress. Every day we breathe, we have the opportunity to be more like Jesus. As we go through life, we're gonna hit all kinds of things. You're gonna hit speed bumps you didn't even know were there. You're gonna hit situations that rise up and you're like, wow, I had no idea that was coming. You're gonna hit things that happen and all of it is just part of the refining process in your life. Like gold, our hearts have to be refined till we get to that pure state. So let me tell you this God's gonna take your heart. And he's going to start washing it. And if you're like me, sometimes it has to get washed a lot. Then all of a sudden, depending on how much concentrate was in there to begin with, he's got to keep washing it. And he washes it and he washes it and he washes it until it gets down to a little grain. You know why he does that? He's got to take away all the things you put in there and clean the heart out. We've put so many pollutants in there. We've put so many other things in there that have caused our heart to just not be pure sometimes when we come before Jesus. And he takes that heart and he just keeps washing it until he gets you down to almost nothing. And then you're like, what? I don't even have a heart anymore. And he's like, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Because the pure in heart, what do they get? They get to see God. The pure in heart get to see God. It's one of the most incredible blessings in the Beatitudes that you get to see God. How many of you wear glasses? Contacts? I wear contacts. Let me tell you. Once you have glasses on all day long, you're like, I'm just going to put the contacts in, so I don't have to keep taking them off. It's amazing what happens when you finally get to see clearly, right? I remember we were in Egypt, and Javen one day said, Mom, I keep squinting to see the board. And I was like, All right, let's go, we gotta get a test done. And we went and got a test, and they said, Yep, he's gonna need some glasses. But you know, it always takes like a week or two to come in. So we went to pick him up and we went in a taxi together, and we got inside the taxi, and I was like, Well, pull him out, let me see. And he pulls out his glasses and he puts them on. These are not mine, by the way, okay? So don't say, oh, those are... Uh, Put them on. And all of a sudden he goes, whoa! And this is a direct quote. I feel like I have been lied to my whole life. (laughs) Because all of a sudden, he could see clearly. Do you know what that feeling's like? You put glasses on for the first time and all of a sudden you go, Whoa! I didn't know there were trees on the mountain. Yes, there are. I didn't know that stop sign was there. Yes, it is. <laughs> you can see clearly. The pure in heart have true vision to God. True vision. Nothing's blocking it. Nothing's blocking it. It says King David in Psalm 51:10, he said, "Create in me a clean heart, O God." And renew a right spirit within me. He knew. He knew, God, if I can get my heart pure, I'm going to see you like nobody else sees you. I'm going to see you with eyes of faith here on earth. Some of you, you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know what God's like. I don't know any of that. Get your heart pure. Get your heart pure. Because the Bible says those that have a pure heart, they get to see God. Now, I want to encourage you with that. They get to see God. I am blessed. Say that with me. I am blessed. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers. We were just talking about it. it just came in a word this morning. I don't know if you caught this. But God is calling us to be peacemakers. Who are Peacemakers. Well, number one, yes, they're the people who just create peace. How do they do that? They're the people that stand in the gap between two fighting groups. That's one way. You know what the other way is? When you're the hurt one in the party and you just lay it down. Oh, that's not easy. But remember, you cannot be a peacemaker, because we're going up the ladder, till you have a pure heart. Pure heart then you can be a peacemaker. Peacemakers are those that say, you know what? I've been offended. Something has hurt me, but you know what? I'm going to lay it down because I'm going to be a peacemaker in the kingdom. I'm not going to help stir chaos. There's already enough of it out there. So whatever's in my hands, I'm just going to lay it down. Whatever I can lay down, I lay down. When I lived in Bangladesh, there was a couple that I served with. They'd already been there about 10 years. They were amazing in the language. Bangladesh is very unique. It almost seems unreal. But many of the things that happen in the Bible, they still enact there today. So if you are caught stealing, they'll cut your arm off, your hand off, so you won't steal again. They believe in the eye for the eye. They do stone people still. It is a very, very, it's just a different reality from what I grew up in. I remember living there. I would take notes all the time. It just fascinated me that the Bible was really coming to life there. And I remember I was with this couple. I was with the wife, and we were going somewhere, and it's just so crowded. Like, I thought Cairo was crazy. I mean, Bangladesh is a whole nother level of just chaos, and just, there's just no rules and no control. And we were driving, and all of a sudden, there's a big crowd, and they're all staring inward. So we knew right away something's going on. Usually, you want to avoid that, right? But not the wife I was with. No, she knew something in her heart was going on. And so she told the driver just to stop. And all of a sudden, I knew she was hearing from God. She was hearing something from God. And all of a sudden, she said that there's this crowd, and there's a young lady in the middle of the crowd, Obviously, she'd been caught doing something, most likely adultery, because they were about to stone her in the crowd. And this wife just walks in, in the middle of the crowd, all men. And she grabs hold of this girl, and she begins to tell them the men something in Bengali. And she takes the hand of this girl, and she walks her right out of that crowd. And she told that girl, there's more for you than this. There's somebody who created you, loved you. There's more for you than this. And I pray that you find him. And she took her out. Peacemaker. People would have said, oh, she is so dumb. Why would she go in the middle of a thousand men who have rocks? They're angry. Nope. She knew in her heart, I've got to do something. This girl's valuable and we're not going to lose another one to 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 the enemy. She's made in the image of Jesus. And when you walk around and you go out there and you see things happening, be the peacemaker. Be the peacemaker. Peacemakers are those who reconcile people back to God. That's what they do. They're not just passively pe- peaceful, but they're actively peaceful. They're active in what they do. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world for himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That's what we do. We make peace between man and God. That's what we do. We say, you know what? I know there's a wall here, but we're just going to bring it down. We're just going to bring it down because you're more valuable than that and there's a purpose for you. And that's what we do. We're peacemakers in the kingdom. We're peacemakers. When we lived in Egypt, I would have people all the time tell me, every time we visited a church, it's amazing what Christians will tell you. (laughs) It's amazing. I would probably get the most... Harsh comments coming from Christians inside of a church than people who weren't even saved about us going to the Middle East. Believe it. I don't talk about it much, but it happened all the time. I would be at a church and I'd have the pastor come up to me and say, um, live in front of the church on a microphone, I know you're afraid. How afraid are you? So like, I'm not afraid. And he's like, oh, you can be honest with us. Just tell everybody how afraid you are. I'm like, I am not afraid. He's like, but you're taking your precious children and you're going to a part of the world that doesn't like us. How afraid are you? And he would just say it over and over and I'd say, I'm not afraid. (laughs) I'm not afraid. Why? Because people need to know. People need to know. When I lived in Egypt, I'd walk the streets having already had all these things told to me prior to going. And I just decided in my heart from day one, I'm going to say hi to everybody. Everybody. They already know we're foreigners. Trust me. They know. 25 million people in Cairo, all of them knew we were a foreigner. Because the minute you get off the airport, they know. Their eyes, they know. They're like, oh, they went to that neighborhood. They live in number whatever. They know. So I just thought, you know what? We're just going to love everybody. That's what we're going to do. So I'd walk around and I'd say hi to everybody. And they, at first they're shocked, like, whoa, the woman is speaking to me. And my little kids, you know, would just say hi. Everybody would say hi. We all, we just knew everybody. And I knew in my heart, you know why? I want to be friends with everybody out here. I want to be a peacemaker in the streets. Because if something goes down, I want them to let me know. Right? Something's happening in my neighborhood. I want them to say, "Uh, we need to tell the foreigners. We need to let them know not to come out right now. And I just decided I'm going to be the peacemakers with everybody. Too many times we walk around with just this tunnel vision, but our job is to reconcile man to God. So how I'm going to do that, I'm going to love on them. I'm going to buy things from their little store that I don't really need, but it costs 50 cents and it'll bless them. I'm going to buy chips every day. I had a man, he wanted to give a candy to my littlest every single day. He just considered her his Egyptian adopted daughter. And Jay's like, oh, you got to buy something from him. We can't just get a free candy every day. So then all of a sudden, bags. He's like, what? where'd you go? I'm like, oh, well, I got to buy from the guy. I spent $2. I have all these chips. And he's like, oh, we'll use them at the church. But I just wanted to create that piece. I wanted to let him know, listen, we are here to help you find him. That's what we're here for. So if I'm going to do it by just blessing you and helping you, then that's what I'm here for. And everybody in the neighborhood knew that the foreigners were there loving on them. That's what they knew. Because that's what we do. We are peacemakers. And it says that peacemakers will be called sons of God. Sons of God. I want you to think about the disciples. Oh, it's a rough group, rough group of men. And God took them and he took them through this refining process of being pure in heart. There were some of them, they probably looked pretty hopeless when Jesus took them. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. If you could really see what they were like, you'd be like, wow, I don't really know why Jesus chose that one, but oh well. And he grabbed them together. He had to make them learn to work together. Think about that. Oh, I'm sure there was arguments in the camp. I am sure of it. And there's Jesus just probably smiling because he does have a sense of humor. And he's probably just smiling saying one day, You are going to change the world. And he started taking him through these steps of the Beatitudes. And he gets to that place where he's cleansed their heart and now they're pure. And the next step is now they're going to be peacemakers in the area that they live. And the Bible says that's what they did. They went out and their job was to reconcile man to God. And they went and did it and they were Blessed. And that's what it is for us. That God's working on our heart. He's cleaning out those impurities, those things that have kind of snuck in there that you didn't even realize were there. And it gets you down to that little piece of grain. And he makes you the very thing he wants you to be. And then he says, okay, now it's time. You're going to be a peacemaker. And it's time for you to rise up. And it's time for you to make peace in your neighborhood in your workplace, in the West Valley, in your family, probably one of the most dangerous zones you could ever go to, right? The family, the family. And he's saying you are gonna be the peacemaker in that place. I've called you to it. And we're gonna see walls come down because of it. I am blessed. Say it with me. I am blessed. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I want to ask you this. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? It comes when we walk in kingdom characteristics. It comes when we allow God to move in us. You'll see this list here. It says the poor in spirit, those who mourn, The meek, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. If anybody wants to find Jesus, they go here. They look for this. Because it's different from what's happening in the world. You're set apart, you're different. And out of it, you're blessed. You're blessed. I want you to stand with me this morning and I want you just to close your eyes. And I want you just to think of a ladder right now. And as Jay shared last week, the the first four Beatitudes and now this week, I want you to think of mercy and being pure in heart and being a peacemaker. And as you think about those things, if there's something in your heart that's like, man, I got to get that straightened out. I know there's some of you because I just know there is. Statistically, there will be people in here who are just holding on to a hurt or an offense. And God's saying, no more. You are not going to walk out of here with that anymore. But you're just going to lay it down. You're going to lay it down. And you're just going to say, God, give me the eyes that see you with a pure heart. And when you walk out of these doors, you'll be able to be a peacemaker wherever you go. Wherever you go. You don't cause chaos. You don't cause ripples to happen. But you are the one who, when you enter that room, there's just this peace that overcomes the area. And God says, just bring them back to me. Bring the lost. Bring the hurting. Bring those who have walked away. They've had a relationship. They've walked away. Bring them home. And so right now, I want to ask you, if there's an area in your heart that you're like, God, I just I want to be like that gold this morning. I want you to bring me down to that grain. And everything else is just removed. And I'm just going to walk around with the pure pure heart. That's what my call is for you this morning. A pure heart, oh God. I want you to come up here and we're going to pray for you. And I don't want you to think about what somebody's going to think about you. I just want you to come. Because there's something in your heart and God's like, I'm going to get rid of that this morning. I'm going to wash it clean. I'm going to burn it out. But I'm going to help you walk out of here with eyes that can see clearly the throne of God this morning. Amen.
1: Jesus, we pray that you would have your way in us. Lord, have your way in us. Lord, that we wouldn't hold back from you, but Lord, we would follow after you in the things that you would have for us. Lord, for that next level that we want to go with you to that next level, to that next place. Lord, we ask that you would purify our hearts. And we know that's a hard prayer to pray because we know it takes work. We know it takes process. And it means actually forgiving and going to the deep and difficult places in our heart. But Lord, I start with me and I start with my family. You'd forgive me. Lord, of places I've fallen short, forgive me. Of places where I've held offense. Lord, you would forgive me, Lord, for trying to be the judge of others. Lord, you forgive me, Lord, because I am one who wants justice and put it in my own hands. But Lord, your justice is true and your justice is peace. So Lord, forgive me, forgive us, for we fall short. Lord, I pray, God, that we would be peacemakers. Lord, that we would be peacemakers. And Lord, it would be said of us, Lord, that we are those who have the peace of God, the message of the peace of God upon our lips and upon our lives. Lord, we have a soothing experience and presence because, Lord, we walk in a place, we walk with the most high God and the spirit of the most high God upon us. And so, Lord, we would see our neighborhood and our family and our community changed because you were working in and through your church. Lord, that is our prayer. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Before we go, I'd like to pray a blessing over us today. We're excited that it's been a a great day and a great message from the Lord. We have a, a time for families afterwards if you'd like to participate. We're so thankful for Pastor Angus and the team that serve our kids. They're doing a great job today. That we would have the rest of this day, which would be an amazing blessing from the Lord. We pray this blessing upon us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lord, I pray a blessing upon your church, your people. Lord, you would empower us by your spirit to live your love out to those around us. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Know this, we love you very much here at Cornerstone. God bless you. And have a great week. Holy, holy, God